0: When I was five, I walked into our kitchen to find my father in the midst of restraining my mother. Her arms were flailing, her feet kicking at him like a wild horse. What had she done this time? My father was so angry, my brothers and I dissolved into tears. This would be one of the many times that my father tried to contain my mother. My mother grew up in the 1970s. She was a free-spirited, pot-smoking feminist who praised peace and love and the Rolling Stones. She wore her heart on her sleeve and possessed an erratic energy that made her at times a charming social butterfly and at times a raging bull. At 23, she married my father, a faithful Republican with a thriving business that promised her a stable future. She had four kids in seven years and tried her best to fit the mold of a prim Missouri housewife I do believe she tried. But you can't change who you are. And all that trying enraged her, and it expressed itself in frightening ways. Her conversations with my father often involved flying pots and pans. She used to get so outraged that her face would literally turn blue, and I was often afraid she'd have a heart attack or a nervous breakdown. She would stomp the floorboards loose and slam doors out of their frames. Once, she locked herself in their bedroom, where I knew my father kept a gun, and I was petrified she'd either shoot herself him with it my mother was a beast i didn't trust her i didn't feel safe with her i hated her and the chaos she created i would never be like her i spent the next 15 years doing everything right i was tame i was the teacher's pet i excelled academically and participated in student government i was loved by my friend's parents i was a good girl no drugs no sex i was the only 20 year old virgin in my school And I was miserable, irritated, anxious, suffering digestive problems, and I hid my feelings from everyone except the school psychologist. I had so much uncontrollable energy inside of me, but I was a master at containing this toxicity. I feared that if I gave it expression, I'd be seen as crazy, just like my mom, and I was not like my mom. My life in Missouri was stagnant. I was sharing an apartment with my best friend since fourth grade, and it was just down the street from my older brother. I was hanging with the same group of friends I'd had since seventh grade. Every weekend looked the same. On Thursdays we went to Harpo's for $1 drinks, Fridays were for frat houses, and Saturdays were spent cheering on two football teams we didn't know the name of. Sundays were reserved for gossip as we recapped the weekend, barely looking up from our Twitter feeds to see who had said what or who had done who. I couldn't breathe. I needed some fresh air, literally. So I found a college program in Prague that was unaffiliated with my university and far from places like Paris, Barcelona, and Amsterdam, which were trending with my friends looking to study abroad. I arrived in Prague in February 2010, a stranger both to the city and to everyone in my program. I was free to reinvent myself, and it was stimulating. (laughs) I instantly started experimenting. My classes were pass-fail, which meant I could get a D and still get the credit. Uh-huh. <laughs> this, left, this left me with a lot of free time to enjoy the beer that was cheaper than water and the nightlife that went until 6 a.m. I stopped worrying about being the good girl and I allowed myself to let go. I shed my khaki cardigan and Sperry boat shoes and embraced the Euro style, loud textured tights under short shorts, dresses that fit like saran wrap and combat boots and jet black eyeliner. People responded to the new Liz. I was uh, popular. That was funny, they called me the fun girl from Missouri. Ah. And then, there was Brad, a 6'2 Jew from New York. There was nothing like Brad in Missouri. We had an instant or electric connection, as he would say, and I will never forget how he looked at me with the softest eyes. It was clear, he was the one I'd lose my virginity to. I was nervous, I'd heard stories about, from my brothers about the first time. Words like blood and pain, it sounded like surgery without the morphine, and I was terribly scared. But it was nothing less than fabulous, exhilarating even, and Brad was a gentleman in all the right ways. The very next day, Brad invited me via booty text to make out with him on Petron Hill. It was May 1st, and believe it or not, there is a tradition in Prague that on this day, couples kiss on a hill underneath a mini Eiffel Tower. It is labeled the day of love. It was raining, But I didn't care. Our our kissing quickly grew in intensity, and we decided it was best to take it behind the tree. It escalated from there, and we found ourselves on the wet ground. He was on top of me, pressing my body into the mud. I could feel it squishing up my back. My hair was matting. Our limbs were slippery. Our clothes soaked from the rain. I loved it. Uh, I could not have felt more alive. Brad and I held hands as we walked back to the flat, and I made no effort to pull myself back together. I loved being messy and muddy. I wasn't worried about what people would think. In fact, I was excited to share my experience with my friends. And it wasn't just about the sex. It was about the abandon I had felt. Something about the mud just cracked me open, like a chocolate egg on Easter morning. It's hard to really describe. It was a mixture of naughty and playful and funny and spontaneous and dangerous, and so empowering. I had never stretched into this part of myself before, and it felt really good. It felt right. In the weeks that followed, I continued to explore outside my usual boundaries. I danced on stages, I shared hostels with strangers, and watched the sunrise nearly every morning over the Charles Bridge. I became lighter and more energized, and my anxiety and stomach issues dissipated. I couldn't imagine ever going back to Missouri Liz. I realized I had kept myself small and quiet in an attempt to feel safe, and in the process, I had strangled myself. I had blamed my mother for the chaos in our lives, but I had played a hand in my own unhappiness. When I returned to Missouri, I brought Prague Liz with me, and it was a surprise to many, including my mother. Tension between us continued, but I didn't shrink back as a way of dealing with it. Instead, I held my ground, but I held it with a compassion for my mother that I didn't have previously. My experience in Prague gave me a new perspective of her and her marriage to my father. I could now, in a way, relate to how hard it must have been for her to bottle up her life force and settle down. It did not excuse her destructive anger and her erratic behavior, but it gave it some context that softened me towards her. I have discovered that I possess a lot of my mother's spirit, but without the crazy. Her energy lines my body, and I now embrace and value the part of her that lives in me grateful that I am free to give it expression without repercussion. I dance in my underwear to the Rolling Stones. I talk to strangers in coffee bars. I collect t-shirts that unapologetically express my opinions. And on January 21st, I took my mother with me in spirit when I proudly marched through the streets of Los Angeles.